0: Rockingham and all across Australia, it is Friday afternoon and it's time for Sabbath moods right here on Faith FM 88.0. My name is Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We're going to spend the next hour together sharing music, inspirational music, and a message from the Word of God entitled "Practicing the Prime Principle." What is that? Well, in order to find out, you need to stay tuned and. You can invite a friend to tune in also. All right, thanks for joining me. Let's take this journey together. Welcome. As I indicated earlier, my presentation today is entitled Practicing the Prime Principle. And I'm going to attempt to start with a little bit of storytelling with a bit of drama. Here we go. Uh, excuse me ma'am. Yes? What is it? Water. Oh, oh, I just need some, some water. Would you? Oh my, you must be dying. Let me run back home and get you some. Here, son, hold these sticks. Uh, uh Mr. whatever your name is. Elijah. Uh, you sit right there in, in the shade of this tree. I'll be right back. And ma'am? Yes, sir? A- and bring me, uh, please, uh, a piece of bread. What is it with this man? Sir, really, as God is my witness, I don't have any bread. You don't? What part of I don't have doesn't he understand? Trust me, I don't. Not a scrap. Uh, I just have a handful of flour in a barrel and a little oil in a jar. And you see these sticks that we're picking up? That's to bake a last meal for the two of us. That's it. After that, we're gonna starve. Oh, don't, don't worry, ma'am. Don't worry. Just do as I told you. What, mister? Are you out of your Don't worry. Just bake a little cake, uh, a little cake for me uh, first. First. Yeah, right. And after that? What about us? Well, then make something for yourself. Hmm. Oh god, just between me and this mad stranger who evidently didn't take math at school. One minus one is zero. Nothing left, Mister. Uh, uh, well, because God said, "What? What did God say?" God said that the oil in your bottle will never fill. Yeah, right. And the flour in your barrel will will never finish until He sends rain on the earth. Hmm, okay, okay, all right, Mr. whatever your name is, Elijah. Mr. Elijah, I'll get you the water and the cake, because you said that your god said it. Thank you, ma'am. Okay, stay here, I'll be right back. (laughs) Good evening, and it's good to be back with you on the Sabbath Moods, and uh, indeed, God is good. You know, many times people ask me whether I have a language in my country of origin that expresses God is good. So let me just tell you very simply, it says, bon dieu bon, God is good. And if you want to say all the time, you say, tout là. But let's go back to the passage, let's go back to the passage from which this, this little drama came earlier. 1 kings chapter 17 and verse 9 and the bible says arise go to Zarephath, which belongs to sidon and dwell there see i have commanded a widow there to provide for you now i've got a big question for you can we fully understand how god works can we predict god can we one hymn says that God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. And the Old Testament character called Job, he got it right when he said in, in Job chapter 9, verse 10, he does great things past finding out, yes, wonders without number. And then in verse 12, he asked, if he takes away, who can hinder him? Who can say to him, what are you doing? God does not always do what we expect Him to do, friends. We see things from our human perspective, but God's ways are not our ways. God is God, so let Him be God. God made us in His image, let's not try to make Him in our image. Why why am I saying this? Well, uh, I can just imagine someone asking, why would God send His prophet to that person? She was not an Israelite. She didn't worship a true God. Why a Sidonian woman? Ah, the truth is, friends, that God's ways are really and truly higher than our ways. Like the Apostle Peter said in Acts chapter 10, verse 34, God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. God knows those whose hearts are toward him. And He employs them to fulfill His purpose, right where they are. But that's not the main point of what I'd like to draw from this story. I want us to remember, more than what I've just said, that God does not simply react to our circumstances. God is in our future. And even before we get to a certain point in our experience, He has already set things in place to meet our need, according to His riches in glory, by Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? So God is standing here in Elijah's present, so to speak, and is looking into the prophet's future and telling him, go. I have commanded a widow to provide for you. God says, I have already done it. But to Elijah, it's still future. Isn't that, isn't that fantastic? Our future is God's past tense. Wow. By the way, this is not the first time that God has commanded something to be done in Elijah's favor. No, 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 no. Read with me in verse 4. Verse 4. And it shall be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Not only can God instruct a human agent to act in his servant's favor, he can also command the animals, wild or tame, small or great, on the ground or in the air, any creature that borrows life from him is subject to his word and takes order from his throne. So ravens, normally greedy food grabbing birds, which is where we get the word ravenous from, are now domesticated to be food carriers at God's command. How cool is that? <laughs> so, so, so God says, And just a little recap here, God says, I've commanded, and that means it is already done. So when you start worrying about your present, please remember that something which might be still in your future is already in God's past. Alright? It's like this. Instead of saying, my God shall supply all my needs, we can say, my God has supplied all my needs. Oh friends, if we would only trust God, if we would only trust God today, and every day for that matter. Stay tuned. I'll be back after this musical pause. This is Sabbath Moons on Faith FM from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. Welcome back. So the Bible says in verse 10 of 1 Kings chapter 17 that he arose and went to Zarephath. Now Elijah doesn't stop to argue with God. He doesn't pause to question why God is sending him there instead of somewhere else. He doesn't offer God options, you know, like Naaman the Syrian captain with the leprosy in the Bible. No. Elijah gets up and he goes. Why? Why? Because Elijah knows he's God. Elijah knows that God would never ask him to do the impossible. Elijah knows that, in the words of another author, if God says to run, he will both show you the direction and give your legs the strength to run. And as another writer put it, as the will of man cooperates with the will of God, It becomes omnipotent and that is all powerful. Whatever is to be done at his command may be accomplished in his strength. All his biddings are enablings. In other words, everything that God asks you to do, he gives you the power to do it. Isn't that wonderful? Now back to verse 10, verse 10. It says, So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. Now, look at that word. Indeed. This is not there for fun. Indeed. It means that God confirmed his word. Just like he said he would. God did it. Has God kept his promise? Hmm. Didn't God say that if we were faithful in giving him what is his, he would open the windows of heaven and pour out such blessings that we would not have enough room to receive it? Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Has God kept his promise? I say, indeed. Has he not promised to supply all our need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus? Philippians 4 verse 19. Has he not kept his promise? I say, indeed. Indeed. And that's why I like the song that says, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proven him over and over. Indeed. keyword indeed. There was a widow gathering sticks Just like God had said. Sometimes we don't see things just as God said they would happen, because we don't do like Elijah. We don't take God at his word and move forward in faith. But friends, friends, God stands by his word. And if we would do what he asked us to do, we would be able to say, indeed, indeed. So Elijah indeed meets the woman, as verse 10 continues, he called to her and said, please Bring me a little water in a cup, that I may drink. Verse 11, And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Now Elijah doesn't know the exact details of the woman's situation. He knows because God told him that she is a widow. And widows in those days were quite underprivileged. They were below the poverty line. Added to that, We had the dire drought situation in the country, so he must have guessed that she was going through hard times. But Elijah was only following the word of the Lord. So despite her poor desperate situation, he asked her for something to drink, and then he threw in the request for something solid. (laughs) The woman must have been taken aback by this audacious request. She was careful not to offend this Israelite stranger because somehow she realized that God was with him. God must have given her a clue somehow. So she gave him her word with an oath. She said, and I quote, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. That woman had faith of the kind that not even many people in Israel in those days had. She didn't worship the true God, but she had heard about him and believed that he was as powerful as the stories had depicted. She therefore rested her hopes on the fact that this Elijah worshipped and served that powerful God. And there's a fine lesson for us today, friends. God has planted a seed of faith in the hearts of every human being on the face of the earth. Whether we realize it or not, and whether they realize it or not, that's true. The great apostle Paul explained this to the Greek philosophers gathered in the Areopagus on Mars, in the city of Athens. The Bible says this, So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. And he has made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet, he is actually not far from each one of us. Yes, friends, God is at work in the hearts of men and women out there even in the remotest corners of the globe. His purpose is to save everyone, and so he's constantly pursuing them, planting seeds of faith in their hearts, bringing light and truth to them. And when the truth of the gospel of Jesus reaches their hearts, they will take their stand among the ranks of Christ's faithful followers. I believe that that widow, she was one of them. We are not told whether she eventually became a true worshipper, But she had an experience with God, which allowed God to use her for his glory. Alright? So, this widow was honest about her situation. She said, this is the last meal. And after this, we're going to starve to death. And then Elijah makes a promise that is more precious than anything this woman has ever heard. A promise that encapsulates the principle behind today's message. The prime principle. The Verse 13 of 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 13 says this, And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Verse 14 says, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Do not fear. This is a command we hear over and over and over again in the pages of the Bible. It's not just a command to refrain from doing something. No, no, no. It's a message of confidence. It's a word of reassurance. Let not your heart be troubled. Fret not thyself. Don't worry. Hakuna Matata. You know, Jesus in one of his pronouncements concerning the coming persecution of his followers said, are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins? And not one of them is forgotten before God, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are more value than many sparrows. Luke chapter 12, verses 6 and 7. And why does he say fear not? Well, because it's human to fear. And therefore, it's easy to fear. It's our natural response, our default reaction. Fear, stress, anxiety, worry. It all comes so easy. It's as easy as drawing your breath. So God is actually asking us to step up and step away from that which is natural. He wants to remove us from fear and he wants to move us to faith. Fear not. Fear not. You may not have much in your barrel, friends. You may not have much in your barrel, but fear not. Your purse may be almost empty, but fear not. The rain may have come down too late, but fear not. Your company may be about to close down, but God says to you, fear not. Your little is much when God touches it, so fear not. The very hairs of your head are all numbered. So, fear not. Stay tuned. I'll be back.
1: 优优独播剧场
0: Saying to Faith FM, and this is Sabbath Moods from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. I'm Erickson. I've been sharing with you a message entitled, Practicing the Prime Principle. And so, God says to us, Fear not. Fear not. But notice what Elijah said, Make a cake for me first. The Prime Principle, what is it? It is putting God first. Putting God First. So fear not, I'm going to take care of your needs, but make a cake for me first. The prime principle. Well, what does Matthew six thirty-one to thirty-three say? I'm going to read it for you. It says therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. All will be added to you. Friend, I want you to think right now of your little bit of flour, whatever that might be. I want you to think of your teaspoon of oil, whatever that might be. It may not be literal flour or oil. These are just symbols of the things uh, which you are depending on for sustenance. And if they dry up, you're in trouble. Maybe big trouble. So I don't know what your oil or flower may be, symbolic or literal. I don't know what it may look like. But my question is, does God see it? Does he know that this is all you have? Does he? Well, it's time to remind yourself that he does and stop behaving like he doesn't. And when he says, make a cake for me first, remember, he's not setting you up for disaster. No, he's seeking an opportunity to build up your faith in him and to bless you. So let's give him an opportunity to do his work. All right. Well, this episode of the story concludes by saying in verses 15 and 16. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which He spoke by Elijah. Hmm. Philippians chapter four, verse nineteen says, "And my God shall supply all." Did it say some? No, it said all, all your need, according to His riches in glory, by Christ Jesus. I won't tell your story. I studied in the Philippines between two thousand three and two thousand six. And on the campus, we usually have what is called a week of prayer. So it was a week of prayer on the campus. Services were conducted every morning at 11 o'clock and every evening at seven. Now, I used to tutor students in English as a second language, but it used to happen on evenings, every evening of the week, except Friday and Saturday. So while we were happy for those times of spiritual refreshing, but the evening activities made it impossible for me to be teaching students in that way and and to gain the money I needed and still attend the week of prayer services. I I thought of the weekend coming up. Because we used to shop every weekend, and I dreaded the prospect of the bleak weekend and the next few days after that weekend. But I decided I was going to trust God and live things up to Him. I knew that rationally, We simply could not do our usual grocery shopping on that Friday afternoon. But let me tell you what, that very Friday afternoon, I stood in wonder as several yellow plastic bags arrived in my kitchen. Where did they come from? I don't know. I still don't know. When my wife and I had finished unpacking all the bags, we had more on the kitchen counter than we had ever purchased in any single week for the previous 10 months. What could we do but just praise God? Something else had happened. A few weeks later, I submitted a request to our prayer circle in my Hebrew grammar class. Now, I needed a financial blessing, and I needed it real quick because my bills were mounting. And then one day shortly before the end of the term, my Hebrew professor called me into his office, and after some explanation, he handed me a sum of money that he had just received from two separate individuals. And he just wanted to give it to anyone who needed it. And friends, when I counted the money, it was just the amount that I needed to pay the visa application fees for my entire family. Oh, friends, is God an awesome God? Oh, yes, indeed, He is, indeed. So today, if you're, well, maybe you seem to be at the end of your resources, remember, remember that our verse did not say, but your money will meet all your needs. No, it said, But my God, my God will meet all your needs. Now, it's easy to trust in things that we can see. And thus, when we have the money, we feel okay. We feel secure. But when we can't see it, we begin to worry. So here's something to remember. Claiming God's promise means exercising faith. It means believing in what, or rather in whom, you cannot see. And God, who sees everything, will meet all, hey, not some, but all your needs, out of the abundance and according to the abundance of his riches. So today, friends, I encourage you to practice the prime principle. Put God first. No matter what happens, don't deviate from it. Keep putting God first and everything else, he says, will be added to you. Let me share with you a couple of additional Bible verses that I found to be pretty encouraging in this context. Psalm 37 verses 4 and 5 it says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. And Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And there you have it, friends, a beautiful analogy. God's would have promised to you is that when you trust him enough to practice the prime principle, when you put him first in everything, He will bless you. He will multiply his blessings unto you. So my question is, my question is, do you want to embrace this principle today? Do you want to say, Lord, I don't have much, but I'm dedicating my little to you by putting you first. I want to invite you to make that commitment to God as you listen to this song.
1: Oh And, and, and our race on earth is wrong, and he will say, If 'If you've been faithful.'
0: This is Sabbath Moods on Faith FM from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. As we close today's broadcast, I just want to leave with you two of those Bible promises related to the prime principle. Number one is Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And number two is Psalm 37 verses 4 and 5. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will act. And I trust that you will learn and practice this principle, putting God first in everything. And may God richly bless you as you do. Thank you for tuning in today to Sabbath Moons on Faith FM from the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church. It's been my pleasure sharing this hour with you, the music as well as the message entitled Practicing the Prime Principle and I trust that you've been blessed. It is our prayer and our wish that every time you tune into this broadcast you will indeed receive a blessing. The Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church is located at 21 one Street in Rockingham, WA. Our postal address is P.O. Box 368 Rockingham. WA 6168. You can find us online at rockingham.adventist.org.au or on our Facebook page. You can also leave a message at 0476-416-740. Our church building is open every Saturday morning from around 9 o'clock for Bible study and worship. Also on Wednesday evening from 7:30 for study and prayer. Do feel free to stop by the church at any of those times. So, this is Ericson on behalf of the Rockingham Seventh-day Adventist Church inviting you to join us next week for another edition of Summit Moons and praying that until that time, God will keep you in His love and His care. See you then. Bye-bye.